0: This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton
1: and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, Wednesday, May 12th. Wherever and however you're connected, always great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with one of the most sensitive guys I know, Jason Shepard. What the heck's that supposed to mean? That you're a very, very well thought out... Um...
2: <laughs> Are we talking about sensitive meaning I cry at
1: everything <laughs> or I take offense very quickly? No, listen, you're but... an optimistic guy, Jason. Yes. Read it as glass half full when I introduce you as sensitive. But which do you sensitive. mean? Sensitive? Do you... Do you mean to take offense to everything? Uh, This may have something to do with the projection we saw yesterday featuring BYU fans. Uh,
2: Yeah, and what you're referring to is Big Game Boomer ranked the most sensitive college fan bases. (laughs) And BYU came in on the most sensitive side of the argument. Number 17. All right, number 17. Number 17. There we go.
1: This is all based on how BYU fans respond to things on social media whenever they're attacked, I'm sure.
2: Well, uh, this is what I found extremely humorous was mm-hmm. that Utah was on the least sensitive side and I'm like clearly they don't live in this state. No, no. Uh, Especially
1: when BYU is brought up. Come on. Yeah. What in the world in fact, I saw five or six Pac-12 schools on the least sensitive side. And I'm like, mm, my interactions with several of these Pac-12 schools <laughs> yeah. have not been anything like sensitive. I least do not sensitive. believe that this is accurate. <laughs> How do you even begin to I know. project something like this? Are I you feel,
0: questioning my logic?
1: Absolutely. Why is Bracket Matrix involved?
2: In I, I don't know. But look, I'm not going to argue BYU's fans are sensitive. No, we, that makes sense. We are. That there, makes sense. And, look, and I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't look at that as a negative thing.
1: Like, I don't care that BYU's on this list. Yeah. Some of these schools, that's fine. Some of these schools that are listed as least sensitive. I look at Stanford and Colorado state and UCLA. And I'm like, yeah, just because they don't care. I was going to say people don't care. Like Like Stanford can't sell out their football games. Like Stanford can't do that.
2: (laughs) When I saw, when I saw the least sensitive, and I, and honestly, Colorado state is the one I gravitated to immediately. I'm like, who even knows about Colorado State right now? <laughs>
1: That's why they're the least sensitive, why, why, why? Jason, because they never respond to anything. I'm like, how do they even get on this list? <laughs> and when you're UCLA and have been the most overrated college football program for more than three decades, at some point you're just like, yeah, whatever. People are talking trash. They don't care. I talk trash on UCLA football all the time on this show, and I never hear from any <laughs> UCLA fans. That is a well-deserved, least sensitive nomination for the Bruin fan base. By the way, the most sensitive school, Michigan. Well, they have lost 14 in a row to Ohio State.
2: By the way, did did you notice that the SEC is its own? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) At number two. (laughs) It's it's at number two. It's not a school. It's the entire league. It's a
1: conference. (laughs) The full list is available (gasps) on our Twitter account, BYU Sports Nation. Yeah, you can soak that in and uh, take a look at where – that team up North Falls in the least sensitive category. <laughs> we we clearly, clearly have issue with some of the teams that made the clearly
2: opposite do side. not pay attention any time <laughs> the word BYU is put out in social media. Oh, oh so fun.
1: Yeah, isn't Jason sensitive, well thought out, empathetic, <gasps> sympathetic? I meant all good things. And me. I do cry at sentimental moments. Mm-hmm. You do. You're a, you're a movie crier. I, uh, <laughs> misty. Things can get misty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ask you later in the show. Think about this. Okay. What was the last movie you cried in? I don't want you to answer right now. Okay, we will reveal this later. The last movie that you cried in, and you have to be honest, as embarrassing as it might be, okay? okay don't, was, don't even tell me. Don't no, tell me
2: oh, no, no, no. It was not when I watched a, an Origin documentary about Mr. Miyagi <laughs> last night. And I really did watch it. It's called More Than Miyagi. It
1: was the Pat Morita story. <laughs> All right, that to look forward to coming up in today's show. We have all the feels for today's show lineup, including a discussion on the most prominent BYU player in the National Football League right now. Who deserves that title? It's not Zach Wilson, is it? He hasn't played a down, but maybe some of you feel that way. ESPN's Trevor Mattis goes one-on-one with Jason Shepard to answer that question, and How to manage expectations for the aforementioned Zach Wilson. Plus, the man behind the magic of BYU Sports Summer Camps will talk with us. And it's a glorious return to sports camps after a COVID hiatus.
2: My children are pumped. Here
1: are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. The
2: NFL set to release the 2021 schedule tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern time. However, as is normally the case, several dates have already been made public, including the entire week one schedule. As it relates to games featuring former Cougars on both teams, Zach Wilson's NFL debut will be in Carolina against Brady Christensen and the Panthers. Oh, and by the way, Sam Darnold. Oh, that's right. We'll be, wow. Yeah, pretty crazy, okay. right? Yeah. Pretty crazy. Jersey swap for Zach and Brady has that's, already been discussed yes, by them. Yes, absolutely. Way. Also, Jamal Williams and his new team, the Detroit Lions, will host Fred Warner in the San Francisco 49ers. And Daniel Sorensen and the Chiefs will be welcoming Sione Taki Taki and the Cleveland Browns to Arrowhead
1: Stadium. I can't wait to see Fred Warner and Jamal Williams <laughs> in a collision. At the line of scrimmage, it's going to be awesome. Two of the most physical players in the league right now at their respective positions. I love it. The sports line projection model released their first simulations for the 2021 college football season, and get this—they have BYU ranked number 19 in those preseason rankings, if you want to call them that. It's more of a projection. Three of BYU's 2021 opponents, also in the top 25, Arizona State at number 12, USC at number 20, and Utah at number 22. BYU has not been ranked in an official preseason poll since 2009.
2: Softball wrapped up regular season play with a 4-0 shutout at Utah State yesterday. The Cougars will host a blue white scrimmage to honor this year's seniors on Friday at 7 Eastern Time. You can check that out on the BYU TV app. BYU will then wait until Sunday's selection show to find out who and where they will play in the NCAA tournament.
1: Alicia May Mateo of BYU Women's Golf currently tied for 43rd place through the first two rounds of the NCAA Stanford Regional with a score of 5 over par. The third round just underway. And Mateo just teed off. We'll keep you updated as things progress. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking
0: about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation.
1: The prominent prime time player in the National Football League as it relates to BYU. Jason, we just discussed that question a little bit. You've had time to think about it overnight because we were initially discussing it yesterday. Yes. This idea was formulated from a conversation we had on the show yesterday. So let's answer it now. Who is the most prominent BYU player in the National Football League right now? And there are 27 on current rosters in some capacity right now. Yeah, whether it's under contract or in camps or an invite, all that. 27 players to figure out who the most prominent BYU. Former BYU player is in the NFL right now. Who's your guy? Yeah, and I think this is going to depend on how you interpret prominent.
2: The way that I initially interpreted this was within the league. Who is the most prominent within the league in terms of what they mean to the league, what they mean to their team? And for me, I think that's Fred Warner. Okay, I think Fred Warner, widely viewed Certainly one of the best linebackers in the NFL, but viewed by quite a few as the best linebacker in the National Football League. I think that alone is reason to make him the most prominent former Cougar in the NFL. Then you throw on top of it the fact that, and I understand last year was, last year was just so unique, and the Niners were just devastated by injuries. They were in the Super Bowl the year before, thank goodness. I'm glad that Fred played well. I'm also glad that my Chiefs won that Super Bowl. But they're a year removed from the Super Bowl. They've got all these guys coming back. You fully expect them to be in contention again based off of what we saw when everybody was healthy. So the fact that he's viewed as one of, if not the best linebacker, is the leader of that defense. His nickname is All-Pro Fred. Yes. You know, this is a guy that's going to be on a team that will contend not only for their division, but for postseason and— possibly more. I think because of that, I'm going with Fred Warner for my most prominent former Cougar in the NFL.
1: Let's define prominent a little bit more with some synonyms. And looking at the definition, prominent means important, famous, leading, distinguished, eminent. All of those words I think Fred Warner fits into. He's accomplished on the field in three short seasons what most nfl players hope to even i mean they want to sniff some of the success individually that fred warner has had in just three seasons okay he's he's already made his way to this uh pedestal of linebackers in the nfl it's incredible just his ascension and how fast it happened in year 2 gets to a super bowl jimmy gq their quarterback gets hurt last year they go through some injury concerns And Fred this week said, I'm never going to play for a San Francisco 49ers team that has a losing record ever again. He's gone on record.
2: It's like, ooh, okay. Well, and based off of what they have and who's in charge of this organization, I don't think he's going to be wrong.
1: Okay. Important, famous, well-known, leading, distinguished. Yeah. I think Fred Warner fits all of those. However, the famous moniker does make a case – For a guy that hasn't even played it down in the NFL. And that's Zach Wilson. Whether you want to buy into that or not, fame is a part of prominence in the most viewed sport in our American culture. Zach Wilson is already a prominent figure in the NFL because of where, when, and how he was recently drafted. It is wild to watch the media entourage in New York... Just dissect every little thing that he has done. He's had a few, I don't know, official team activities. He hasn't even been playing against the defense yet, but they are breaking down every throw. I was watching the Jets media. Zach Wilson, five-yard throw to Elijah Moore. Zach Wilson, four-yard throw to his running back, Tucker. You know, Here's your first look at the 10-yard connection on a seam route from Zach Wilson to Elijah Moore. It's like, what? What are, we, what are we doing? Every single throw is being broken down. So he, he's already becoming prominent without having played an official down. But because he hasn't accomplished anything yet in the NFL, and I think he will, it's got to be Fred Warner, right? It's, if it's not Fred Warner, then Taysom Hill maybe falls yeah. in that category. But he's got to earn the starting quarterback job in New Orleans to overtake or even be in the conversation with Fred Warner.
2: I think there will be a lot of people who will say Taysom Hill. And I'm like you. Ultimately, I went with prominence, meaning importance to their team and within the league, and I yeah. think that that's clearly. You lean more to the important
1: yeah. side, which I do too. Yes. But fame is also but, a part but of it.
2: The other part of me was if you if you view the word prominent to mean visible and out in front, I agree with you. There is nobody that it, that has BYU ties that is more in the public eye right now than Zach Wilson. It's wild. It's it's not even close. It's not close. And if that's the way you define prominent, then I don't have a problem with you at all saying that the answer to the question is Zach Wilson. A lot of it's going to be based off of how you define prominence Mm -hmm. in the league. Do you lead more important or more famous? Yeah, more visible. And yes, yes, yes. that's but it's here's the fun part about this. We have multiple people that we can talk about, and they're not just guys on rosters. These are guys that are doing something at a very high level. That's what
1: makes this so much fun right now. 19 of the 32 NFL teams represented by BYU players, and just for fun, let's list the top 10 most prominent, we think, players out of BYU in the NFL right now. Fred Warner, Taysom Hill. Kyle Van Noy didn't even mention him. He's won two Super Bowls and he's back with Coach Belichick in New England. Okay, Daniel Sorensen, another Super Bowl champion. Zach Wilson, Michael Davis, Jamal Williams, Sione Takitaki, Brady Christensen, Harvey Longy, and there are seventeen more after yeah. that. Jason, it's fun. Is this the golden era of BYU football? <laughs> that was NFL? yesterday's
3: show.
1: <laughs> All right, our question of the day: We want you to answer what we were just discussing. Who is the most prominent? Former BYU football player in the NFL right now. Let's go to Voice of the Nation.
0: This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation.
1: First response in from at the sad cowboy on Twitter. All pro Fred question marks. Quarterbacks will Always be most popular, but we don't talk enough about how Fred is arguably the best coverage linebacker in the world right now. Well, we actually did just talk about that. <laughs> so let's draw some more light to it. We think that Fred Warner is the most prominent player yes. right now. Allison Cap on Twitter says, Coach, coach Andy Reid, it's the stash. Yes. Well, we talked players, not coaches. But if we were throwing a coach into the mix, Andy would certainly be up there he's a hall of famer abs by the
2: way the byu store just uh started uh selling tommy bahamut byu shirts and i immediately said well that is the perfect combination for coach Reed.
1: <laughs> like just two loves putting them together yeah we may have to uh go pick one of those up and <laughs> deliver it to andy and uh make sure it's okay with tammy first yes but uh we we should we should probably do that <laughs> all right coming up will a certain byu hoops record ever be broken and ESPN's Trevor Maddich goes one-on-one with Jason Shepherd to answer that prominent question we just asked, and how do you manage expectations for the rookie Zach Wilson? This is BYU Sports Nation.
0: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
2: Watch a senior night blue and white scrimmage with the West Coast Conference champion BYU softball team. Coverage begins Friday, 7 Eastern, on the BYU TV
1: app. Cancelled series take dead. I'm going to join you on the broadcast. It's going to be fantastic. Let's hang out. I'm going to be in the dugout. Honor the seniors of a fantastic team. doesn't matter if the game's been canceled. They will find a way to play and send the seniors off the right way before selection Sunday. We are live in Studio B. With your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play, I am Spencer Linton alongside the very sensitive Jason Shepard, who was so kind and sympathetic this morning to step in and host a wonderful interview with one Trevor Mattis.
2: Yes, always good to have Trevor on the program. And as you mentioned, I talked with the former Cougar and ESPN college football analyst this morning on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Here's our conversation. It's always a great time when we have Trevor Maddich joining us on the program, and he joins us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Trevor, it's been a while since we had you on the show. What have you been up to?
4: Jason, I've been laying low. I've been relaxing. I've been taking a nap, and uh, and then after the nap, I took another nap. Uh, the season is a blur, so it's nice to be able to relax for a while. Let me tell
2: you, when you can master the art of the nap, you know you are ahead of the game. There is nothing better than a good nap, and with everything that you do during the college football season, I'm sure you certainly earned it after just a crazy year last year, but at least for BYU fans, it was, uh, it was an exciting year, and it, it led into an unbelievable offseason, one that we have not seen in a very, very long time, Trevor. It was the worst-kept secret that Zach Wilson was going to be the number two overall pick to the New York Jets, but now that it is official and you've had time to digest that, What do you think of the fit and his future in New York?
4: I think Zach's a great fit for the Jets, and partly it's because of what they're doing around him. They have brought in a bunch of young playmakers in this draft that can grow together with Zach. One of them is Ole Miss wide receiver Elijah Moore. He is seen as a slot receiver, but that's not really fair because he runs in the four threes. And at Ole Miss, he was able to get behind some of the best defensive backs in the nation, including from Alabama and LSU. So he's got the slot skills and the deep skills and the elite speed. They brought in Michael Carter, their running back was not just an outstanding runner, but an outstanding receiver out of the backfield. And they both bolstered the offensive line for him. And what really impresses me, Jason, is how when each of those guys was drafted, Zach got on the phone with them or texted them immediately and welcomed them to the Jets and said, let's do this thing. And what that does is it creates an immediate environment of togetherness and an esprit de corps among those young players coming in as the guys that are going to carry this franchise back to glory. And when you set it up that way, you create a a brotherhood that wouldn't have been created the same way otherwise. So I think Zach Wilson, with all of his skills, coming into a situation where they're bringing in young talent with him, the best thing that he did was to develop that talent into a unit mentally and emotionally before they even met each other.
2: Well, and, and I think that's great, and, and we've seen that at BYU. I mean, this guy is a leader, and I, I we're all excited to see what he can do with the Jets and in the National Football League. You know, one of the biggest questions in terms of going to New York was, well, New York historically has not done very well, and they, they haven't won in a really, really long time. We have talked on this show a lot about we like the fact that Robert Sala is coming in, and he seems – First-year head coach, we understand that. They're going to have a first-year offensive coordinator. But I like the guys that they have in place. Because of a new starting quarterback, a new head coach, a new offensive coordinator, how tempered should expectations be for year one?
4: Quite tempered. In other words, I wouldn't begin to judge this draft class, including Zach Wilson for the Jets, until two and maybe even three years from now because of what's happening with the division around them. The AFC East. Buffalo is a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Miami got a lot better in the last couple of years with draft and free agency. And their quarter to a quarterback to a Tango Bailoa now has got those rookie jitters behind him, and he's now the man. New England, all of a sudden, for goodness sake, is going to take a huge jump. They had a poor season last year, but they had around eight guys opt out because of COVID. And so they were very active in free agency. They had a really good draft, and those guys are back in now. And I think the personnel of the England will take a quantum leap over what they had last year. And then the Jets need to compete with all those teams that are ahead of them in the race to improve. So I think the Jets will improve. I think they will become competitive. But I would not judge them too soon. BYU
2: had five guys drafted, and then after the draft, seven players signed free agent deals. Of all of the situations that BYU Cougars find themselves in right now, who do you think found the best situation?
4: There's a couple of undrafted free agents that I think have a great opportunity. One is Matt Bushman, tight end, signing with the Raiders. He would have been uh, probably day two draft choice. That means second or third round had it not been for the injury. But coming out now on the heels of that injury, what he's doing is allowing himself to have an undrafted free agent contract while he gets back up to speed, and then he expects to have that second contract come home. And that's what he's doing. And so he will bring so much more playmaking ability than most undrafted free agents could ever hope to bring to the Raiders. And then Chandon Herring with the Titans. This is a fascinating pick for me because the Titans need a a right tackle desperately. Herring has played right tackle. He's more of a guard, I think, in the NFL. But the reason they say, the scouts say that he's not really an NFL tackle is because even though he's very tall, he doesn't have elite length in his arms. Well, the thing that he does have is good feet. And when you don't have long arms on the edge, you fix that with your feet. If you stay in front of the guy, you don't have to reach out for the guy as much to keep him from going around you. So Herring has got the size, the toughness, the physical freaky nature of just looks like a Viking, for goodness sake. And the guy, I think, has an opportunity to be a a, good swing guard for them, maybe even a starter, and possibly as a swing tackle, he could step into that right tackle spot and have an opportunity to start going forward. I think it's just a really interesting opportunity for him.
2: Because you obviously know the Washington football team quite well, I'm curious your impressions or what you think of them drafting Dax Milne in the seventh round.
4: I think Dax Mill has a chance to have a really good NFL career because he's very smart. He's a great route runner. He fights for that football. He finishes, whether it's short or deep passes. The reason he went in the seventh round instead of higher is because NFL scouts didn't see elite physical traits. Doesn't have necessarily elite speed or height or something like that. But he's elite when it comes to playing the game of football. And so I think he has a really good chance to be a very valuable player probably in the slot go deep sometimes in the league because teams won't expect him to do that because they'll look at the numbers but what they will be surprised at is how he gets all of his speed onto the field unlike some guys who run faster on the track at washington the issue with dax is that that's a really deep receiver room they added some free agents and it'll make it kind of hard to catch on to the bottom of that roster that doesn't mean he can't or he won't but i do think that whether it's practice squad or whether it's catch on to the bottom of this or some other roster, Dax Milne will have a much better NFL career than people give him credit for who did not watch him play all year.
2: Talking with Cougar great Trevor Maddich here on BYU Sports Nation. This is a really fun time to watch BYU players in the National Football League and whether it's guys – like Kyle Van Oy or Daniel Sorensen, you know, winning Super Bowls or Fred Warner playing in a Super Bowl, Taysom Hill being in the converse. There's just so many different storylines featuring BYU players. In your opinion, of all the guys that are in the NFL that have BYU ties, who is the most prominent cougar
4: in the league right now? Well, if you say prominent, I think it's Taysom Hill for the Saints he for the last several years has been one of the most fun guys to watch in the entire league and one of the most respected guys in the entire league. I mean, he came in as a quarterback who then began covering kickoffs and then did all kinds of things that big H-backs will do sometimes. I mean, this is a, a guy who will do anything for the team with a smile on his face, and that's the fun part of it. It's not just that Taysom is a unique, versatile athlete. It's that there's this childlike joy of playing the game and being around his teammates that show up whenever the camera's on him. And that's part of the fun of the audience watching him. So people don't know, or if people don't know that he's from BYU, they want to find out where he's from because they see this guy that's so joyful all the time. And now he has an opportunity to earn the starting job as a quarterback, competing with Jameis Winston there now that Drew Brees has retired. So he's got a chance to actually elevate his profile from there. But from a standpoint of prominence, it's not just how well you play or where you play. It's how you connect with people. And I don't think Taysom is trying to connect with the NFL audience. I think he's trying to play the game as best he can for his team. But in doing so, he connects with the NFL audience because of that smile and that joyfulness.
2: Yeah, see, my answer was Fred Warner simply because he's on a team that's expected to contend now that everybody's healthy, and, you know, worry about their quarterback situation, you know, when we get to the season. But, you know, he's widely viewed as the best linebacker in the National Football League, and you're on a team like that. So that's why I went with Fred Warner, but I can certainly understand the reasoning and the rationale for Taysom Hill. When it's all said and done, Trevor, how do you think that plays out in New Orleans? Because we obviously all want to see Taysom Hill get a shot as a starting quarterback in the National Football League. There does seem to be a little more momentum, and maybe it's just perception, that maybe Jameis has more of a chance than what we originally thought he did.
4: Taysom does have a good chance to start, although Jameis Winston is incredibly talented. The only thing that really stands between Taysom and that starting job is the final steps of tightening up his accuracy a little bit more because the windows he'll have to fit it into are super tight. And in that offense, you're required to have not just the knowledge of where to throw it and when to get it there, but then it's got to get there in a a really tight window. And he is working this offseason on pure quarterback workouts. In other words, in the past, he's worked on quarterback. He's worked on other stuff for physical strength. Now he's working on being a quarterback. That includes the drills that he's doing. And I think he's got the talent to do it. And as long as he can tighten that up, he has a chance to be the successor of Drew Brees, which is an amazing thing.
2: Trevor, I certainly don't want to put words in your mouth, but I have a feeling I know where you're probably going to go with this. Yesterday on the show, Spencer and I were talking about the golden age of BYU players in the NFL, and there are so many guys right now, 27 guys currently either on NFL teams with contracts or in mini camps or invites or whatever, so 27 guys. But is this the golden era of BYU football, or is it the 80s with Jim McMahon and everything that happened there, or is it the 90s with Steve Young? We settled on, or at least I did, that right now, and I understand everything that happened prior to, because of the sheer number and the storylines surrounding them, I said right now is the golden era for BYU players in the NFL. Where do
4: you fall in that argument? How great is it that we're having this debate? (laughs) Yes. Which decade among many is the golden era of Cougars in the NFL? And you know who's also listening to this debate is recruits. I mean, what a great thing for Kalani Zataki to be able to tell recruits that, look at how we put people into the NFL. If you want to play in the league, you can come here, and we are also a pathway to the next level, which is great. Uh, I think if you talk about numbers, you're talking about now because of what you mentioned. And I think when it comes to actual golden age, now there needs to be accomplishment. There needs to be finished. Jim McMahon won the Super Bowl. He's one of the biggest stars at the most glamorous position. Steve Young, was he put together a Hall of Fame career with the 49ers and did things with his arm that even Joe Montana didn't do. A lot of people thought Steve Young's career was mostly a running quarterback who threw a little. He was better than Montana at certain things throwing the ball and more accomplished in some ways. And he won multiple Super Bowls. So you've got those guys finishing at the grammar positions at the top. That's why I think to really finish it, for this to be the golden era of BYU football in the NFL, Zach Wilson needs to succeed at the highest level. He needs to compete for Super Bowls. And if he wins a Super Bowl, then certainly that will be the, the crown on top of all those numbers that you talked about, going with Fred Warner of the 49ers and Dan Sorensen of the Chiefs and so many others. Taysom Hill, uh, who's has a chance to do some great things, whether as a starter or as a role player, continuing forward at the highest level in New Orleans. These are things that would make this the golden era. But... It's all on Zach Wilson, not to give him that much more pressure.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. there's no no more pressure that he needs right now. He's just in the number one media market. He's the number two overall pick. Trevor, great stuff as always. It is so much fun to have you on. Since it had been a while, we got to cover a lot of stuff. Just great stuff, and it's always good to talk to you. Thank you, Jason. All right, that was my conversation with Trevor Maddich on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how.
1: He went with Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill as the most prominent player, and. Again, there's an argument for it. He's the Swiss Army knife. But is he going to be the starter in New Orleans? We don't know. We shall see. Coming up, BYU Sports Camp's administrator, Vince Stroud, joins the show. Yes, summer camps are back and not a moment too soon. Plus, which one or week one NFL game featuring BYU players are you most interested in? This is BYU Sports Nation.
0: This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Catch the latest BYU Sports Nation right
2: now with Kiki Solano. It's BYU Sports with a social media twist. Catch the latest episodes on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube.
1: He is Jason Shepard. I am Spencer Linton, and this is BYU Sports Nation. What should we do right now? Uh, I believe that we should whip it. Okay. Yeah, the Cougar Whip Around presented by Visible Supply Chain Management tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. It's been a while since we've done that. That, that, was, like, that was like retro. That was, right? It was like Roll vintage. Back. It was vintage BYU
2: Sports Nation toss to the Cougar Whip Around. It was I love uh, it. an
1: impromptu audible, and you picked up on the
2: signal. I love it. Well, speaking of audibles and football and the NFL, which week one
1: NFL game with BYU ties are
2: you most interested in?
1: It's got to be the New York Jets. Zach Wilson's first NFL start, and it happens against the Carolina Panthers? Now Sam Darnold's <laughs> team? If it's Sam Darnold that was versus probably Zach ju- Wilson? That was just on
2: accident, by the way. It just happened to be what that way, right? in the
1: world? Brady Christensen protecting <laughs> Sam Darnold? Zach's former favorite offensive lineman. Okay, maybe not favorite. I, I don't want it to hurt anybody's feelings. But see, Tristan will be protecting Zach Wilson. Yeah, is Tristan Hodge a member of the Jets? Does Micah Simon make the roster in Carolina? He was picked up on a free agent deal after he ran that 4 3 7 in his delayed pro date. So there are just a lot of interesting storylines and a ton of BYU players. It, it's, hard, it's hard for me to not want to watch every single yeah. second of Jets, Panthers, in Week 1.
2: Yeah, no, I, I get it, and I will certainly be very curious to see what Zach Wilson does. Um, I think I'm going to be okay, because I don't think it's going to happen at the same time as my Chiefs and Daniel Sorensen uh-huh. and Andy Reid taking on Sione Taki and the Browns. But that's... what if it does? What if the games are at the same time? Oh, no, then, then I'm watching Chiefs, yeah. <laughs>
1: that's you not... Are, you are a dedicated fan. That is band. not...
2: That's not a debate.
1: It's not De- a debate. Dedicated fan. my team! it's my team! Uh, that's devotion still. Like, I'm a Bengals fan. I know. I'm a Bengals fan. <laughs> but if the Bengals are playing at the same time as Zach Wilson and the Jets against the Panthers, I'm watching Jets Panthers. Yeah, that's fine. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna follow my team. I'm just not as devoted as you, okay? My <laughs> team hasn't won a Super Bowl ever, okay, Jason? I'm sorry. On to the next. Fox Sports recently reminded all of us. Who owns the record for most triple-doubles in college basketball? We know the answer. Oh, yeah. It's Mr. Triple-Double, Big Russian 5, Kyle Collinsworth. Jason, will his NCAA triple-double record of 12 ever be broken? The next closest is six. How ironic is it that his nickname is Mr.
2: Triple-Double, and he gets the record yeah. for Mr. Triple-Double? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. Uh, you never want to say never, But this seems like one that's at least going to be a while before somebody even comes close to it. And like you said, the next closest person is the Michael Anderson and the Shaquille Uh O'Neal. And only one of them really deserves it. What up, Shaq? So, yeah, I think it's going to be a while. But you
1: never want to say never. This one's going to be a tough one, though. Twelve triple doubles in college basketball? I don't think it's going to happen again. I think he's going to hold on to that forever because the game's just different, Jason. There are more three-pointer shots than ever before. It's not as—and there's not enough time. Like, you need 48 minutes in the NBA— to go get a triple-double if you're Russell Westbrook. College games just not conducive to that, so I think it's going to stand forever. All right, the sports line projection
2: model currently has BYU football ranked number 19 going into the season after their first run of game simulations. Is yep. that too high, too low, or just right? It's
1: probably too high, but I don't have a problem with Yut. it. BYU is not going to be ranked in a preseason poll because of Zach Wilson, Brady Christensen, five draft picks, 14 overall players, going to the NFL and free agency or otherwise. Too much talent loss on that team for any prominent writer to be like, yeah, BYU's still a top 25 team. They're replacing their quarterback in a huge chunk of their offensive line. So it's, it's not going to happen, but hey, I'll, I'll take it right now. I think it's probably too high. Yeah, I, I didn't expect them to
2: be ranked in the top 25, so I'm not going to look a gift horse in the mouth, and I'll say it's just right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, number 19, you yeah, say.
2: Sure, why not? Hey. Coming up,
1: a rise and shout out to some of the best in BYU football. Plus, the man behind the magic of BYU sports summer camps and the return after a COVID hiatus. Vince Stroud will join us on BYU Sports Nation next.
0: BYU Sports Nation is presented by The BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The best
2: of BYU Sports Nation airs Saturdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on BYU Radio, and it's on the podcast feed featuring the best conversations and interviews each week.
1: Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline is the man behind the magic of BYU Sports Summer Camps. He is the BYU Sports Camp Administrator, Vince Stroud. Vince, it is so wonderful to have you back on this program because summer camps are back after the COVID hiatus. We are thrilled. I uh, can't imagine how you were feeling, but just in your words, uh, what type of effort did it take to get this back and running after an unexpected pandemic?
3: Wow, that's that's a great question. First, yeah, I am so thrilled. It is awesome to be back doing sports camps here at BYU. We're very excited, my staff's excited, and the coaches are tremendously excited. It it did take a lot of a lot of work, you know, the from uh, the uh, President Worthen, the Vice Presidents, the President's Council, all of that, our doctors, uh, uh, Carolyn Billings with, with our sports medicine here, all of that working to come up with a plan that uh, would work for us to, to meet the COVID protocols wherever they are at at the time of the camps and to get everything ready. So um, everyone bought in, wanted to do it to, to get things back to normal as much as we could.
2: Vince, knowing how popular these camps are during the summer, what's the response been from Cougar fans uh, now that the, the registration's been open since last month?
3: Yeah, we, we opened it April 15th. And, uh, Jason, the, the demand, the response has been tremendous. I was fairly optimistic that we would have a, a good response because we knew people were anxious to come back. Those that missed out last year that, that couldn't come and, and um, those that just just want to have some, some camp, some normalcy, and also uh, just how great the, our teams have been this year. But even beyond my expectations, our demand has been more than really any other year. Um, you know, we've had to, to limit some camp numbers, limit a little bit of housing to, to make sure we're, we're within the parameters that are set by the university and, and meeting the COVID uh, guidelines that are out there. Um, and, but even with that, you know, we have so many people on wait lists, all of our camps. It is just, it is so wonderful to see Cougar Nation just, just coming and and wanting to be a part of what's going on here.
1: BYU Sports Camp Administrator Vince Stroud with us on BYU Sports Nation. How fluid is the situation based on what feels like changing protocols by the day in terms of social distancing, masks, people being vaccinated. So, so how much of this are you managing in a very, what seems like fluid situation?
3: You're, you're spot on there. It is, it is fluid. And, and so, um, you know, I have two to three meetings a week with, with different groups from, from internal to, um, uh, those external and also a a committee across the university of others that'll be doing summer programs, um, for, for other audiences. And so with that we can monitor and know exactly what's happening, but, But, yes, I mean, hopefully, you know, things continue to get better and and some of those restrictions that we have can perhaps even be loosened even more. But uh, we're ready to roll as if camps were happening today with the protocols that we have, but we're prepared to uh, adjust as we need to either way um, if if less restrictions or more restrictions come. So, um, and parents, the, the youth definitely will do, you know, what's been asked. They want to be here. Vince,
2: one of the camps that's getting a lot of buzz is actually a new camp, and it's the uh, the girl dad camp. So that's something new this year. Give everybody an idea of what that is.
3: Yeah, that's that is great. I'm glad you brought that up. It's so for years we've done a a father son camp, uh, and it's tremendously popular. Very, you know, people you know are anxious to get on that list and come to the camp. And and so for a a number of years we've had requests about um, you know. Uh, father daughter or a girl dad type of a camp and so we've been working with our coaches and and last year um you know at the start of 2020 um we had our you know women's volleyball basketball and and cross cross country track um those coaches all got together and said hey we want to do this we want to pull this off and so we had a plan in place and and open registration just a few weeks before uh everything was canceled and so um but the response was, was pretty good. We were excited. And so this year we said, Hey, let's, let's do it again. And so the, the response has really been, you know, more than we had anticipated for that as well. And, and we're just excited, you know, coach Olmstead, uh, coach Taylor with cross country, coach Judkins with women basketball. They are, they're all bought in and, and They'll have some of their players there. We'll do things that, that are different from our father-son camp, but it's going to model that so that bond, that experience between a, a father and his daughter can be strengthened, and yet they can share some sports moments and also some some hopefully spiritual or, or inspirational moments with each other. Uh, we just really have a great plan, and it's the first year. I mean, very rarely do we get a chance like this to just kick something off and, and hit it with a bang, and let me tell you, it will be – a bang to start with.
1: Great stuff, Vince Stroud, with us on BYU Sports Nation. Just because so many people are interested in the precautions and the restrictions that are in place right now, let's say hypothetically, if the camps were to start today on May twelfth, what restrictions would camp goers be talking
3: about? So the uh, the biggest restrictions right now would still be the mask mandate. BYU still requires us to wear masks on campus, and so. Uh, when we're not, when the campers wouldn't be in a uh, sports or competition activity on the court or in the field, we would be asking them to wear masks as they walk between buildings or when they were meeting in a, in a, in a room and, and uh, they would be wearing masks. And then also we would spread out. We would, we would put them into, you know, what is considered cohorts or for our sake teams of 10, 10 to 12. And those teams would then be Spread out as they'd sit in a large group meeting, and and we'll stagger the meals, and we'll have a a few more of the meals that might not be in the Cannon Center, but that'll be a a grab and go or or an offsite um, meal away from that, so we can lessen the the amount of traffic that goes through in one place and and one time, and and so those would probably be be the biggest ones, as well as symptom checks. You know, just like anyone that that comes into one of our you know sporting events when we're allowing fans you would have to do a symptom check and you know they they will attest that they haven't been exposed in the past you know 7 days and had no symptoms in the past 48 hours and and do those things so that we can try and monitor those that are coming in
1: it's no secret that this is a great way to raise funds for the athletic department and it's much needed after not having sports camps last year but I want to focus on the psychological benefit that this brings specifically to the athletes that are involved in these camps. What does this do for b y u athletes when they have the opportunity to work with young kids in the sports that they train so hard in
3: oh that's that's a great question. You really see these athletes um, show their their genuine true side they They connect with with these campers that come, whether it be on the soccer field, you know, some of our, you know, women's soccer players out there with seven-year-old boys and girls are, um, you know, on the football field, you know, a star linebacker connecting with a, a, a junior, you know, football player, you know, and helping them see and catch, you know, glimpses of what they can be. Um, I think the, the student-athletes, it, it, you know, they remember that time fondly and and they want to give back. And it and really, from a, as you mentioned, a psychological standpoint, they're, they're looking outside themselves and they're, and they're, as I talk to them, some of them, I, I see myself in that boy or that girl. And so I, I want to be there. And it, I think it helps them, you know, get back to those basics and stay in touch with, um, you know, that, that inner drive and motivation really to, to be the best. So we, from the coach standpoint, and also we have, Counselors that we employ that that stay in the dorms with these uh, campers that are in the housing, and they do activities with them, and they get a chance to share inspirational messages, and and so that's something that they connect and they have a chance to give and to serve, and and um, we're actually still you know hoping to hire a few more male counselors. So if there's any you know recently returned missionaries out there that need uh, a summer job for a week or two, go to our website and. And click on that. It's a fabulous chance, to, whether it's being a coach or a counselor, to, to connect with these young people and, and some of them that are really searching and, and need role models and, and be that for a week. Well, I know
1: Jason uh, might be interested. He's not a no. recently returned missionary, but
2: <laughs> <laughs> all I know is my kids are super pumped that the sports <laughs> camps are back. They are already signed up and they're ready to go. They can't yes. wait.
1: Vince, uh, we're thrilled again. Uh, Thanks for taking some time to give us an insight into just how big of a project this is, and we're looking forward to a fantastic summer.
3: Well, I am too. Thank you so much for having me. It's great, guys. Appreciate what you do.
1: You got it. Vince Stroud on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how BYU Sports Camp Administrator.
2: They're back. They're back in... uh, I'm so excited. My kids are just pumped for it. All
1: right, coming up, who gets the elite voice of the day? Plus, Zach Wilson versus Taysom Hill, assuming they're both starting. Uh, when is that going to happen? We have details next on BYU Sports Nation.
0: BYU Sports Nation's Rising Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit
1: Union. Guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU Radio apps, or you can download the podcast. All you need to do is Google BYU Sports
2: Nation podcast. And hey, while you're there, subscribe, rate, and review the show, please.
1: Okay, I need you to deliver on a promise that uh, we set off on the top of the show. What's the last <sighs> movie or TV show that you cried in? Sensitive Jason Shepherd. I, I honestly don't know. I. <laughs> I'm taking a guess. It may have been Jojo Rabbit. Okay.
2: Maybe. That's
1: a maybe. But I I don't even know if that's accurate. shed a
2: tear in? It may have been that movie. Jojo Rabbit. (laughs) (laughs) Would you believe me if I said Avengers Endgame? Yes. I actually would have believed you. I honestly don't remember. I really don't. It wasn't the Miyagi special. It was not the more than Miyagi, the Pat Morita show.
1: Okay, a couple of more NFL scheduling leaks if you want to call them that they do this on purpose oh yes all day long like oh week three is out for all to consume uh the entire new england patriots schedule has been released so much for that big reveal bill's pumped about that yeah (laughs) patriots at new york jets week two okay kyle van noy harvey longy Taking on Zach Wilson, maybe Tristan Hodge, and the New York Jets. Okay. And then the return trip by New York to New England ends week 7, October 24th. Then the uh, New Orleans Saints schedule leak. Taysom Hill and the New Orleans Saints visit the New York Jets in week 14 on December 12th. I think I want to know, or I think I know what I want to do for my birthday, Jason. Mm -hmm. Oh. Which is... Trip to New York? Yeah, yeah. Saints-Jets. New York. Are we, are we going to do that? Uh, hey, We've already done one NFL trip go, together. Man. Are we going to do this one? <laughs> let's make it an annual thing. All right. I like it. I like the way you're thinking. Our question of the day. Who is the most prominent BYU Cougar currently in the National Football League? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from at G Hansen 25 on Twitter answers Fred Warner because Zach Wilson hasn't played a game yet. <laughs> So, you're saying Zach has to actually play a game Look, before he can be the most prominent player
2: in the NFL? Let's not let details get into a good conversation, okay? Today's Rise <laughs> and Shoutouts presented by Mountain America Credit Union guiding you forward. We're going to combine on this one uh, BYU assistant basketball coach Cody Fieger. His wife was named Teacher of the Year. Love the Fieger family. Congratulations to
1: the Fieger family. By accomplishing people And in all specifically, accounts. Mrs. Fieger. Yes, that's fantastic. That's awesome. Man. Also, a bunch of BOA football players are on the honor roll, which is hard to do, especially in a pandemic when everything's over Zoom. And it's been crazy. So, I have so much respect for all the student athletes that have had to figure out ways to get their assignments done in some unique ways and, and still perform at a high level. Yeah, absolutely. Not easy. Our thanks to today's guests, ESPN's Trevor Maddich and Vince Stroud, who's in charge of the BYU Summer Sports Camps. conversation continues
2: 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Always use hashtag
1: BYUSN. For Jason Shepard, I am Spencer Linton. Shout out to Patty Edwards. We'll see you tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation. Zach Wilson on the show. Go Cougs.